From Moses, the Midwest Organic and Sustainable Education Service, this is the In Her Boots podcast, a show about women cultivating the sustainable and organic agriculture movement and how she does it. My name is Lisa Kiverest, and I founded and lead the award-winning Moses In Her Boots project, providing training, resources, and support for women farmers. I'm a farmer myself, running in serendipity with my family in Wisconsin, and am the author of Soil Sisters, a toolkit for women farmers. The In Her Boots podcast celebrates the collaborative spirit of us women farmers and all women working to transform our food system and steward our land, sharing ideas and inspiration with each other. Whether you're a woman with a dream of starting your own farm or already have your hands deep in the soil, there's something for you here. Be sure to subscribe so you won't miss anything. We're continuing with Jen Reamer of Reamer Family Farm and talking about a systems-based, holistic approach to nurturing the land for the long term. Hear how she plans cover crops and pasture management for healthy animal forage. Jen and her family have a regenerative and diverse livestock farm. They raise pastured meat and eggs in South Central Wisconsin. They're transitioning the farm from Jen's in-laws and a former commodity beef and corn operation to 100% grass-fed beef and lamb, as well as pastured poultry and hogs. Jen focuses on regenerating soil and bringing diverse ecology back to the land. Continuing with Jen Reamer of Reamer Family Farms today on what is really your life's work, I think, when when I hear the story from this lens of caring for the soil and enhancing the land for future generations, right? Mm-hmm, I mean, yeah. it, this is not, this is no short game at Reamer Family Farm or the market this weekend or anything like that. It's right. where things are going. And that is so inspiring and huge. And do you think that women, if we allow ourselves to embrace it, can have a real natural affinity for that? As far as we, you know, we nurture our kids, we nurture the land or we think about those things a little differently yeah i think i think so um yeah i think there's just this innate need to take care of things um and you know women have kind of historically been the ones to do food production on a smaller scale you know or even in in the developing world still sure. it's it's the women that care for the the gardens and the fields and whatnot and it really does need to be a a holistic approach and a long-term approach of, you know, not only do I want to grow X plant here, I need to think about, you know, is that the best plant and what's going on under the ground? And, um, yeah, really that systems approach that I think, um, I don't know, men can do it too, but it just, it feels, um, it, it feels like a very nurturing thing to really, um, to develop those systems and think long-term about, about the farm. Yeah. Although some people, my own husband included, will say women have that, or his own wife has that just multiple idea overload syndrome. Oh, yeah. Like we like diversity <laughs> with, on, with the capital D and yeah, that's true. But I do think, and I've seen this in our boots project too, that women have a natural inclination to want multiple things going on, be it yeah. business elements, be it things in their lives, be it, nutrients in the soil. We yeah. just know that things are stronger with different ingredients, different yeah. perspectives. And I think that that comes down to the people too. So on our farm, people look at it and go, ah, how do you manage all of that stuff? And we have good people. 
And most of them happened to be women. And, you know, my three daughters and my two female employees. And we had a female intern this summer, too. And my husband is amazing at you know, letting all that happen. And he is, he is the people gatherer, actually. He's very good at getting the right people in the right place at the right time. Um, but just, yeah, the, the ability to kind of gather this, the system, including the people involved in the system, I think is really important, especially when you have a very diverse, complicated farm, one or two people cannot do it all. That's interesting. So it's both the people and the land and what do you, plant on it. So looking at it from how you manage the pastures using different cover crops and things, uh, managing the pasture with an effort of diversity um, is is a real interesting, I think, skill set you've developed in that you sort of blend planning with chaos. Is that fair to say? (laughs) There's a lot of chaos. You know, so you, you still are looking at your land and, for example, the cover crops you plant as the main source of feed mm-hmm. for your animals, right? So is there some, I don't know it's called formulas, but how do you approach what you plant, cover crops and others, for ensuring that you have healthy animals nutrient-wise or yeah, Because um, they'll eat what they want to eat, right? But that's kind of the point, too. <laughs> well, yeah, and, you know, Part of the beauty of management-intensive grazing is that you let them into a smallish-sized area. Um, For instance, our cattle over the summer, we had anywhere from 115 to right now we have 77 because we've started taking them to butcher. Um, They would have anywhere from about a half acre to one acre for, um, for half the day. So we move them twice a day. And they basically kind of have a little bit of competition from their neighbor that they're kind of excited to eat everything because they think if I don't eat it, my neighbor's going to eat it. So they'll eat the diverse blend. Whereas if you have them in a continuous pasture that's, you know, 50 acres, they'll keep going back to their favorite plant and they'll bite it off and they'll bite it again and they'll bite it again until it doesn't exist anymore. And then the roots will die and then the undesirable plants take over. So that's why when you drive by and see these continuously grazed pastures, it's this tall fescue and it's... Um, you know, weeds and uh, undesirable plants and the cattle are still munching on like the grass. It's like one inch tall because that's the, you know, only thing that's left of the desirable stuff that they want to eat. We use a lot of resources too. So um, we, every winter, sit down with our seed guy, Carl, at Prairie Creek Seed, Um, Carl and Amanda are super great. We, um, consult with them if we need to replant some pasture or if something winter killed, we'll intercede some, this year we interceded some cover crops into what was our alfalfa field because our alfalfa winter killed and we wanted to be able to get some forage off of it. So we did a cover crop before we then came in and replanted some into the grass that remained, we replanted some alfalfa and some clover again this fall. So, um, you know, stuff that you can read about and kind of figure out from different articles and books, but it just is super helpful to get a person that you trust out on the farm to actually look at the soil. And um, Carl and Amanda have been able to help us, you know, think through things that didn't go as well, or, you know, ooh, it looks like you planted that a little too deep. Maybe you need to readjust your planter next time. And um, so we're starting to get it figured out after <laughs> four years. 
Um, but you know, always have a new challenge and something new to learn because, you know, you never know when something's going to winter kill or when the cattle are going to, you know, you're going to have a flood and you're going to lose part of a pasture. Um, we have to figure out what to do then. So you found working with a good seed company. Yeah. 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 We, I I know there are others out there, um, but Prairie Creek Seed does all non-GMO seeds and really specializes in, um, diverse blends and, um, you know, good mixes that both the cattle want to eat and that, um, are good for the soil as far as having a diversity of, you know, root depth and, um, ways to build soil structure and stuff. So we've, we've been pretty pleased with them. Are there other resources, Jen, that particularly this whole idea of using cover crops as livestock forage that you found helpful? Um, Stockman Grass Farmer Magazine is one of our favorites. Um, it's just a variety of articles and whatnot on, on grazing in general and, um, you know, not only animal care and pasture care, but how to market and um, all sorts of good stuff there. Midwestern BioAg um, has been a good resource. They've been purchased and kind of have gotten bigger. Um, so I don't love all the changes there, but, um, our guy is still the same from Midwestern Bioag and they still do testing for us. So if we need, um, forage tested, we'll send it through them, um, or some consulting. We haven't had to buy fertilizer or anything, um, since we're intensive grazing the cattle and the sheep fertilize the pastures for us. That's also a good company. And Moses has some resources out there, too. Um, the, the Moses publications have some cover crop and, and perennial pasture and grazing resources as well. Sure. And there's a lot from Sarah, too. Yes. So yes. it just is a, it's ongoing research for you, too, right? I don't oh, think sure. you feel like you're done. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Never done learning. Great. Terrific. Thank you. Thanks for listening to our In Her Boots podcast. I'm your host, Lisa Kiverest, with the Moses In Her Boots Project. This episode's audio engineer was Liam Kiverest of TechSocket.net. The podcast was brought to you by the Midwest Organic and Sustainable Education Service, Moses. The mission of Moses is to educate, inspire, and empower farmers to thrive in a sustainable organic system of agriculture. For more information on Moses, In Her Boots, and a bounty of organic resources, check out mosesorganic.org.